Happy Friday. What is going on? Pete Callender here. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Uh, just a uh, just an apology right out of the gate. I took a Benadryl a couple of, uh, well, about an hour or so ago. That was a mistake. And, uh, yeah, so if I, if I seem a little groggy, that's what's going on, I think. <laughs> I, I always forget that that stuff can make you drowsy. Yeah, although... The other day, it made me, it gave me, it like amped me up. I don't understand why, but it, yeah. Anyway, uh, so tonight's the big debate. We got that to look forward to. I'll be watching it. So if you're on Twitter, you can always follow along at Pete Callender. Uh The hashtag, by the way, is N-C-S-E-N, N-C-S-E-N for Senate. Um, also, N-C-P-O-L, those are the hashtags. Uh, that's NC Politics. So if you uh, type those into your search bar, and uh, th- it'll pull up everything that's being tweeted uh, in those categories if people put the tags into their tweets. That's the key. you got to put the tag, the hashtag, in your tweet. Otherwise, it doesn't get scooped up in the aggregate, right, for all of the tweets about the Senate race or North Carolina politics. Um Let's see. Also, let's see here. If you, uh, oh, you may reconsider just going on out and uh, committing some federal marijuana possession crimes today, I think. Uh, Joe Biden is going to pardon thousands of Americans convicted of simple possession of marijuana under federal law as his administration takes a dramatic step towards decriminalizing the drug and addressing charging practices that disproportionately impact people of color while trying to boost Democrats' electoral prospects. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. The AP didn't say that last part. I said that. Yeah, that, that's obviously what's going on here. Look, I can agree with the, uh, the purpose of the, uh, the policy, or not the purpose, with the impact, let's say. And I have. I've been a, uh, a proponent of decriminalization of marijuana for my entire adult life. And uh, I can appreciate the, uh, the step being taken right now to, uh, to pardon people with simple possession on their records if it's of a federal nature. But in the grand scheme of things, we're talking about 6,000, 6,500 people. That's the impact here, 6,500. The bigger impact, I think, is uh, to get it delisted as a Schedule One narcotic. Because, I mean, if you think marijuana is worse than fentanyl, come on. That's, that's ridiculous. You're not, you're not serious. Um, but I can also recognize that uh, President Biden, much like the student loan forgiveness or debt cancellation uh, tactic, he is trying to bribe people for votes. Now, I can look at this and say, well, this is indicative of a belief that they're going to get their clocks cleaned in November, that the Democrats are looking at big losses, bigly losses. And that might be the case. I don't make predictions on this stuff, but I, I do try to look at the signals that are being sent, and it looks like Democrats are trying to shore up the base, which at this point in a campaign cycle, you should not be shoring up the base. You should already have your base, you know, well-motivated. They should already be uh, out there on the ground making phone calls and, uh, you know, 
uh, knocking on doors, donating money. And oh my gosh, stop with the spam emails asking me for money. Democrats, you need to get your act blue together here. For real, that Act Blue organization where all these uh, uh, all of these fundraising pitches are run through, all these campaigns, by the way, the Democrats use Act Blue as their preferred platform. They turn over all of the fundraising. Now, there's a downside to that is that I think Act Blue takes a chunk of it and they redirect that money to other campaigns. So just be aware if you are in the habit of donating to Democratic candidates, Donating through Act Blue might not send all of your donation to that candidate. So just you know, be aware. Um, this was one of the things, actually, that was cited in, in the story. I have it in the stack of stuff. There was a, a, a story about James Smudgy Mitchell, the city councilman, and how he owes some vendor a bunch of money still and um, for working on, uh, on the campaign. And, yeah, he did not go through Act Blue. I wonder why. I mean, it's not because it's not because of the administration fees or anything like that. I think it's because he wanted to keep track of the money himself and keep a hold on the money himself. I, I, I suspect. I don't know that, but I suspect. Um, Biden said in a statement that uh, the move reflects his position that no one should be in jail just for using or possessing marijuana. Right. Everybody should get the Hunter Biden treatment. That's the... Which, look, that's that's equality, man. That is equality under the law. I think also it means crack and prostitutes, right? Uh, and then you get to uh, video them all and maybe lying on a form to get a firearm. So I think all of that stuff, right? I mean, otherwise, it's just privilege, right? And Joe Biden, we know, ever since the days when he was marching in, uh, you know, with the civil rights leaders at Selma and uh, he got attacked on the bridge next to John Lewis, um, and uh, and then he beat up Corn Pop. Like, ever since those days, you know, um, we know Joe Biden has been all about equity. According to the White House, no one is currently in federal prison solely for simple possession of the drug. Right, because it's simple possession. It's a, it's a very little amount. It's like a joint or two. And if you have more, uh, then you may get caught. Like, if you've got... If uh, if you got pot uh, and it's broken up into bags and stuff, then that's intent to distribute, and that's, you're not going to get a pardon for that. It's just simple possession. So if you just have a little amount and you're simply possessing it, then uh, then that's that's who's going to be affected. But there's nobody in jail right now that's affected by this. The pardon could help thousands overcome obstacles to renting a home or finding a job, and that's a good thing. Again, I am a proponent of decriminalizing marijuana. This is a good first step. The pardon does not con- uh, cover convictions for possession of other drugs or for charges uh, relating to producing or possessing marijuana with an intent to distribute. Biden is also not pardoning non-citizens who were in the U.S. without legal status at the time of their arrest because Joe Biden is a xenophobic racist, apparently. Oh, what's the matter? Can't they dream too? Can't they dream of being pardoned as well? Why only American citizens get the pardon for the simple possession? What's up with that? I mean, considering the roots of why marijuana is illegal in the first place, you would think that people coming from south of the border 
And I'm not talking about people from other parts of the world that, you know, land there, then walk across from south of the border. I'm talking about native people from Central and South America, right? This was why marijuana got banned in the first place. It was a racist policy in the first place. All right, so what do you think? Good first step? Buying votes? The end of Western civilization? Talk 1110-993 WBT. That's China Cat Sunflower. Uh, oh, maybe, maybe I'm a little tired today because I was up watching the the Talktoberfest live stream last. Now that's not it. Because that wrapped up by like nine o'clock. I, I, that was not the case. I, it's the Benadryl I took this morning. It's I should not have taken it. I had regrets. Um, but I feel like I needed to take it and I couldn't find any, uh, any other allergy medicine in the house. Anyway, um, last night, Talktoberfest, it was the first one and note to self, don't take Benadryl next Thursday before the Talktoberfest, uh, that I will be hosting with Vince Coakley at eight o'clock on the FaceTube live feed. Uh, we are doing this every Thursday in October, Talktoberfest. Every Thursday, 8 p.m., presented by Kristen Bernard and Power Home Team, Keller Williams South Park. You can get details at WBT.com. And uh, we'll see you there next Thursday. Yeah, next Thursday. And it was fun last night with uh, Bo and Beth and all of the all of the folks in the comments section. It's a party. It's a, it's a bunch of fun. People talk about all sorts of crazy stuff. Um Pardoning of the the simple possession potheads. So, and look, I don't use that as a derogatory term at all. I am a fan of this idea of decriminalization of marijuana. I am just like it should be treated just like alcohol, cigarettes, all of the other vices. Um, it's there's to me there's there's no reason any longer uh, except to generate revenue. Now. People can assume motives in another direction and say it's all racism. And look, at the time when marijuana was banned, uh, racism was very much a part of it. A lot of people had never even heard of the term marijuana at the time. They knew cannabis. They knew hemp. They didn't know. I mean, heck, I come from Long Island. There's a town up there called Hempstead. It's a crop. Right? That's yeah, They grew it. Used to be able to trade with it. It was a crop they made sales out of. I think the War of 1812 was fought partly due to us making of the hemp and making sails and ropes and helping the French during the uh, their war with the British, I believe. So, look, there's a book I read a long time ago called The Emperor Has No Clothes, and uh, it documented all of this. There was the uh, confluence of the, the media participation and the demonization of uh, minorities uh, led by William Randolph Hearst, um, this was the uh, the you know the, the newspaper publisher guy, the owner of now Hearst newspapers, uh, really big racisty kind of guy. Uh, you know, with the yellow journalism and all, he was the one that uh, uh, you know attributed or his papers attributed the um, uh, the use of marijuana to uh, Hispanic men and black men looking at white women or stepping on their shadows. These were awful offenses. 
he also helped drag us into uh, the war, uh, the Spanish-American War, right? This was That was partly his doing, the yellow journalism guy. He was all in on the banning of the pot. Uh, the headlines from his papers at the time were comical to read now. They, I mean, in their absurdity and hyperbole. Um, and then, of course, you got the government side of it, which I believe his name was Mellon. Uh, he of the banking fame, I believe it was a nephew of his uh, named Harry Anslinger, who was in charge of uh, the Bureau, uh, Bureau of Narcotics or something like that. And, uh, yeah, he needed uh, he needed something else to do. Uh, what with the end of prohibition and everything, and uh, and so they create this narcotics division, and uh, they stick Harry over there, and he would lead that division for years and years and years. Uh, and uh, banning of the pot uh, that gave him a lot of ways to go after non-white people in America. So uh, yeah, there is absolutely. There. In fact, I just saw yesterday somebody noted uh, the term. You've heard the term roach before, right? Which means what? Don't, you don't have to answer that. The, it means, I will tell you, I, I have a friend who knows all about this stuff, and he told me. So it's uh, it's the end of the joint, right? When you smoke, uh, is, is, that's what the kids call them nowadays, right? Joints, I believe. And so they, they smoke the joint, and it gets all the way down to the bottom, and there's no filter on the bottom, obviously, of the joint because it's hand-rolled. And so you smoke it all the way down, and then that last little bit is called the roach. That apparently uh, is a is a reference to or is connected to uh, the what, pa- uh, Pancho Villa, right? Pancho Villa, I believe. Because um, the, yeah, because like the, his enemies called them, called them cockroaches. And they, and they smoked marijuana. And so this was their drug of choice. And this, look, prohibition, there was, of alcohol in America, there was part, part of that was, you know, an anti-German sentiment as well that, it was their drug of choice, alcohol, so let's ban that too. Fun fact, North Carolina, I think first first to approve the prohibition and last to repeal it in America. Yeah, we got a lot of teetotalers and uh, what is it called? The, uh, not abstinence, well, it is kind of an abstinence, temperance movement, right? North Carolina, sort of ground zero here for it. Um I'm okay with them doing this. I'm I'm more okay, even more. I mean, yes, do the pardons. That's fine. Symbol possession. It's, it's out of a, out of a universe of like 350 million people in America. They're talking about 6,000, right? People who have just simple possession on their records. Fine, whatever. Nobody's in jail right now because of it. So practically speaking, it's not going to free people. It's not. I mean, it make it might make things easier for them going about their daily lives, like applying for a job or trying to rent a place or, you know, applying for a business license, something like that, fine. That's all good. To me, though, the 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 longer-lasting impact here is going to be removing it off of the Schedule 1 section alongside heroin and LSD. That's kind of crazy. It's been up there for a very long time. It was even recommended years ago, decades ago, that it be pulled off of the Schedule 1, um, but by people inside the uh, the DEA, I believe, uh, but inside government, and they would not do it. There's a lot of money tied to enforcement of the drug war, so uh, there are people with you know vested interests in keeping things as they are. But do you think marijuana is worse than fentanyl or meth? Its placement as a Schedule One drug would indicate it is, and that's just absurd. There is no timeline for the review of getting it off that list, however. 
Which leads me back to this point that I kind of sort of think this is all just about winning over some uh, wobbly voters inside the Democrat base. What do you think? Got an email here to Pete at thepetecalendarshow.com from Matthew. Matt says, Biden's pardoning of simple marijuana offenders is yet another example that Mr. 1994 crime bill will always simply follow whatever is popular to boost his and his party's electoral chances. If Biden really cared about the issue, he would have acted on it in any of his previous 50 plus years in Washington, D.C. All of Biden's actions seem to fit into one of the following. One, chase whatever's popular, for example, the pot pardon. Or two, patch a long-term problem with a short-term solution, like the strategic petroleum reserve draining. Or three, terrible foreign policy decisions, like Afghanistan. Great show. Have a great weekend. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate it. Um, Yeah, to me, like, it's the... Wrong reasons for the right thing. But let's be clear. It's not going to have a huge impact. This is uh, from Nikki Klein. Uh, she does a Substack. She, uh, yeah, Nikki Klein, Substack.com. Uh, don't call it a comeback is what it's called. Um, so don't call it a comeback. I won't call it that. But I'm calling it don't call it a comeback. Anyway, never mind. Biden's promise to pardon federal marijuana possession charges is an empty gesture designed to pacify justice reform concerned citizens ahead of midterms. That's it. You got a bunch of people that are like, defund the police, defund the police. And now they're getting hammered on the crime issue. Just hammered. The polling is shifted against them. You got media and Democrats, but I repeat myself, they're like, oh, yeah, I can't believe they're focusing all on the crime Republicans are pouncing on crime rates. They're seizing on the high crime, as they should. I have that in the stack of stuff, too. So uh, you're trying to combat that narrative that's doing real damage to the Democrats and their prospects for victory or at least minimizing losses in November. So this is what this this is the toss to them, because like, okay, everybody, look. I know, like, we're all about defund the police. And I know we were talking a lot about it during, like, the, you know, the heat of the moment two years ago. People said some things, made some commitments and such. But right now, like, we can't we can't pursue these policy aims because we're going to get our, our butts handed to us here. So um, we're just going to, uh, we're just going to, you know, shut up about the defund the police we might even distance ourselves from the defund the police messaging uh but but don't worry that's just between us but we're not gonna so we're not gonna talk about that we may even say we never said it just give us cover for that and in the meantime uh here's a little something something for the effort right here here's a little bone you just chew on that for a little while uh, 6,500 people, uh, nobody in federal prison on this charge, uh, but you're going to get these pardons, and we're going to get the ball rolling on totally doing this thing. We're totally going to make this happen. During, so uh, keyword, as Nikki Klein points out, 
The key word on all of this is federal. As I mentioned earlier, state charges is where most of the pot uh, offenders get charged, right? That's that's usually the deal. It's not the federal stuff. And usually if you get a simple possession, uh, possession charge, it's part of a... Uh, uh, of a whole array of charges they have thrown at you. I, I call it the spaghetti approach. You just throw it all up against the wall, see how much of it sticks, right? It's the overcharging, and this occurs at state level as well, the overcharging of people in order to, you know, make a plea agreement more likely. Oh, my gosh, they've been uh, charged with, you know, 17 different uh, felonies, but in the end you just, you know, cop a plea to uh, one misdemeanor. No time served. But you wouldn't cop to that plea but for the 17 big charges. So, okay. Uh, the key word is federal. There is currently no one in federal prison for possession of marijuana, she writes. Um, and most people who serve time for possession in federal prison would have had additional charges, like intent to distribute or manufacturing or something like that. During his campaign for president, Biden said, quote, no one should be in jail because of marijuana. As president, I will decriminalize cannabis use and automatically expunge prior convictions. So let's be clear, that is not what is happening here. At least not yet, she says. A pardon is not the same as expungement. Recipients of the pardon, which are reported to be around 6,000 people, will get a certificate. And that'll say they've been forgiven for the crime of simple possession, but most are still going to have a criminal record. A criminal record, regardless of the crime, makes it extremely difficult to live a normal life. It's a barrier to job opportunities, scholarships, and loan eligibility, and a lot of other things. People with federal marijuana possession charges uh, that get them forgiven are still going to face those obstacles because the charge is still there. The conviction is still there. It's not an expungement. It's a pardon. So you get to walk around with your pardon certificate. And if you know you go in for the interview, you're like, yes, I've been convicted of a, a federal crime, but here's my pardon. Biden's pardon promise can be considered a step forward in the decriminalization of marijuana if and only if state governments follow suit. Some governors have made claims on social media, but substantive action remains to be seen. Now, North Carolina's Attorney General Josh Stein, uh, he immediately jumped onto the Twitter machine. He told uh, folks that he's on board. He's this is a good first step. Uh, haven't seen anything yet from uh, my, my good friend Ray Cooper. Haven't seen anything yet from uh, from his office on whether they plan to uh, to take the same approach at the state level. But Governor Cooper is the head of the Democratic Governors Association. So if you're you know, thinking that they might be all trying to row in the same direction on this, maybe Cooper does say something about this or take some action along these lines. Haven't seen it yet. Don't know if it's coming. I'll let you know if I do. Let me let you know right now about uh, uh, this event. It's called For the Love of Pete Day, or as I like to call it, For the Love of Me. And so it's Subaru South Boulevard presents for the love of Pete Day Saturday. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, wait, no, that makes more sense. It's for the love of pets. Sorry. For the love of pets day. Saturday. That's tomorrow. Uh, CMPD Animal Care and Control. 
is going to be the location. Uh, if you are a Mecklenburg County resident, free pet exam with core vaccines, rabies, uh, rabies vaccinations provided by Mecklenburg County Health Department. Uh, that's for the animal, not for you. And um, you got free microchips, free pet ID tags, free COVID-19 vaccines. That's for humans if you want them. And they have a vendor fair. It's all made possible by a grant from the ASPCA, Subaru Loves Pets, and Subaru. So there you go. Uh, they're going to waive all of the adoptions uh, for the for the uh, or, or the fees for the adoptions, I should say, from 11 a.m. until 5 p.m. The free clinic services are 8 a.m. until 10:45 a.m. It's all at Animal Care and Control on Byram Drive in Charlotte. Um, there is a huge need right now to get uh, dogs adopted or fostered. You know, just get them out of the shelter because they're they're having to put down dogs. They they don't have any more room. They're, they've run out of room, and so they're having to euthanize a lot of dogs. So if you can, please, also, if, you've, if you're missing your dog, they ran away or something, uh, please go check the, the pound, Animal Care and Control. Anyway, so they got the big event. It's tomorrow. I got some good news. Good news or bad, I guess. It just depends on how you interpret it. Um, On Air Force One, the press secretary of the White House says there is no new intelligence. I'm kidding. There's more to that. Uh, She says there's no new intelligence that shaped the president's use of the term Armageddon when discussing Putin and nuclear weapons at a fundraiser last night. Oh, all right, good. So, yeah, the hyperbolic language about nuclear Armageddon and Russia and all that, it's, uh, there's no new intelligence on any of that. So, that, see, good news, I think. It's just the president making up stuff about nuclear war. So, rest assured, everybody. Right, be at ease. Uh, here is a uh, message from Tim. Over at Old Grouch's Military Surplus, Pete, one reason why federal charges have a disparate impact is Indian reservations. On the reservations, jurisdiction, uh, like, for example, uh, at, at Cherokee out west, the eastern band of Cherokee Indians, or, yeah, I think it's, yeah, anyway, uh it's complicated and it's messy. The jurisdiction is if a person faces tribal, state, or federal charges, that could depend on if the person is an enrolled member of the tribe or another tribe or not any tribe. So if the Cherokee tribal police arrest two people for the same offense, if one is a tribal member, they go before the tribal court. If the other one is not, they can voluntarily submit to tribal jurisdiction. But if they don't, then they go before the magistrate in the county the offense occurred in or a federal magistrate, depending on the charges. And major cases on reservations may be charged as federal or state crimes, once again, depending on a complex set of factors. Um, what else here? Oh, the, uh, oh, hang on. Um, the editors, sorry, no, not the editors. This is, yeah, Dan, Mc, uh, Dan McLaughlin at National Review. Uh, he calls Joe Biden a lawless rogue who has yet again violated his oath of office. He offers up some examples uh, over the past uh, 
what now, two years. Uh, but this uh, pardoning of the uh, of the pot possession is the latest example in a string of them. He writes, Biden has repeatedly proven himself to be a rogue president, contemptuous of his oath that he swore to uphold, right? He has on several occasions now exceeded his powers by trying to make law rather than enforce them. And he has repeatedly done so even when he, his legal advisors, and or the leaders of his party in the Congress acknowledge that he has no power to do them. He did not have the power to make national housing laws, but he decreed that landlords could not evict deadbeat tenants. He did not have the power to make national medical decisions, but he ordered every workplace to mandate vaccines. He did not have the power to appropriate hundreds of billions of dollars to pay off college debt. But he did that, too. The courts have struck down the first two of these flagrant violations of his oath of office, and only the search for a proper party withstanding to sue presents any real risk that the courts will not strike down that third example, right? We're just waiting to see how it progresses. But it's, it's now three pretty big issues, and now this is a fourth. Right, the pardon power of the president is—it's uh, almost, as he calls it, monarchical. Right, the courts cannot remedy its abuse; only Congress can do so. Biden apparently now thinks that we should not have federal laws against possession of marijuana. Okay, but he should ask Congress to repeal the laws. Right which he, by the way, had a major hand in writing during his 36 years in the Senate. If Congress did repeal the laws, then Biden might have a case for making that repeal effectively retroactive with a blanket presidential pardon. But he's not doing that. That would require Biden acknowledge that the Constitution allows Congress to make the laws and it requires presidents to enforce them. Instead... He simply issued over 6,000 pardons, and in doing so, he sent a clear message that he will consider those laws nullified going forward. Dan McLaughlin in National Review says that if we still took such things seriously, Biden's repeated and open violation of his oath of office, his constitutional obligations, and the constitutional limits on his office would richly merit his impeachment and removal. Isn't it interesting that you don't hear the calls for Biden to be impeached over these acts that are clearly outside the limits of his constitutional authority? Funny that. Also, we got the story related to Biden. Federal agents are reportedly uh, under the belief that they have gathered enough evidence now to charge Hunter Biden, the son of Joe They want to charge him with tax and gun crimes. I mean, we don't know who. They're just leaking this information uh, out to the media. It was a report first published on Thursday by the Washington Post, which cited sources familiar with the investigation. It's headed up by Delaware U.S. Attorney David Weiss, and it centers around a false statement surrounding a gun purchase allegedly made by the president's son. Right. He lied on his application saying that what he wasn't addicted to alcohol or drugs he was a, he, that he was a permitted uh purchaser and a, uh, an attorney for Hunter Biden responded to the leak saying whoever leaked that you know they they broke the law like you should know that which I'm sorry sir do, 
we don't care about leaks from inside the DOJ any longer. That's such that is such a oh my gosh, such a 2012 mindset. My goodness. Thank <laughs> you.